uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Jesus Christ you, who once were far off, have been made near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of division between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, whereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access to one spirit by the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a habitation of God in the spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your great love and mercy for us, that even whilst we were dead in our trespasses and sins, you saved us and made us alive in Christ by your wonderful grace. Father, we thank you also for the way that you have reconciled us, each one of us, to each other and to you through our Lord Jesus. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder if you've noticed how many things divide us. Uh, Like whether you fold or scrunch toilet paper, Apple products, uh, beards, although I'm sure you all love mine, uh, Brussels sprouts, crocs, anchovies, and of course, cats. And while these are just silly things, we can actually get really passionate about some of the things that divide us. And in fact, end up ridiculing those who don't agree with us. Maybe it's the car we drive, petrol, hybrid, electric, or the games we play, or the movies we watch, or, of course, your football team. You see, these things can divide us. And depending on how passionate we are will depend on how separate uh, we might become. And we can actually form friendships and enemies around our differences. Oh, I can be friends with them. They're really similar to me. But those guys, 
They support Collingwood. They drive a diesel and earn an iPhone as if I could be friends with them. And well, these are just silly, petty things like politics, culture, food. Really, they, they all divide us. But what about race and religion? You see, the division and hatred here can go really deep. You just need to think about these nations, Vietnam and Cambodia, Croatia and Serbia, Japan, South Korea, Israel, Palestine, and many other nations that hate each other's guts. You see, there is great hatred and hostility among these nations, which can go back decades, centuries even. And the hostility can continue today with these intense rivalries and even riots when they play sport. We're a divided people. And while some are trivial, others are really deeply ingrained and leave us uh, separate, alienated from each other. And we can understand some of these. We might have experienced it or, or learned about it, but others will, won't really make sense. We, we may have never heard of it or seen it on the news or read about it. And yet there is a division that is still there. You see, one of these divisions we actually just heard in our Bible reading, and that is the division between the Jews and the Gentiles, Gentiles being the non-Jews. These two groups were deeply divided. There was much hatred and hostility between the two groups. And while it was predominantly the Jews against the Gentiles, it really did go both ways with with awful derogatory name-calling and even death for Gentiles who got too close to the temple. And while this division and hostility might seem really foreign to us, and in fact, we might not even know many Jewish Messianic Christians, this passage is actually really helpful as it shows us that us, as Gentiles, we were once far away from God what we were like before we were Christians. And what Christ has done in in bringing these two divided groups together. And actually what we have together now become. We're going to actually look at those three points in turn. You see, our passage, it starts with a therefore. And so we've got to ask, what's it there for? And it points us back to what we've already seen in the book. Remember last week, we were dead in our trespasses and sins by nature deserving God's wrath, his measured, righteous anger. And yet, whilst we were dead, God made us alive with Christ. We've been saved by grace and his God's undeserved kindness to us. He's also blessed us, chapter 1, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We lack nothing. And so in light of these truths, Paul urges the Gentiles to remember Remember who you once were. Look there from verse uh, 11. Uh, Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Here we see a bit of the hostility and division between the Jews and Gentiles. The words in inverted commas, uncircumcised, the circumcision. These were the derogatory names they kind of spoke with each other, spoke to each other, you know, the, with scorn and disdain to put the other down. We've actually seen this with other language that the Jews would use against the Gentiles. They call them animals, dogs. 
such hostility and disrespect and hatred. And while God gave circumcision to Abraham and the Jews, it was to show their distinctiveness. It was that it was an outward sign that they belonged to the people of God, an exclusive relationship they had with God. And God had also given Israel the law, you know, that showed that they were different from the world around them. Remember back to Leviticus? They were the law showed that they were God's holy, set apart, distinct people, different from the nations around them. And that was to be seen particularly in their conduct. And while Israel were separate and distinct, they were actually meant to be a blessing to the nations. They were meant to be a blessing to the Gentiles. But instead of being a blessing, they used their distinctiveness, their difference to distance themselves from the Gentiles. Instead of being a blessing, uh, they used it to dismiss them. Oh, you're outsiders. You're uncircumcised. You can't belong here. Get away. And well, tensions existed between the Jews and Gentiles socially. The reality is God had created this separation. We see these, these five things that are mentioned in verse 12. Have a look there. Remember that at that time you who were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. You see, Gentiles were separate from Christ. Unlike the Jews, they didn't have the expectations of the coming Messiah, of the Christ, who would come and rule and reign and bring peace. They were also excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise. They didn't belong to Israel. Gentiles were alien, foreigners, nobodies, because they weren't God's covenant people. God had rescued Israel and had pledged and bound himself to them. Israel were his precious people, treasured possession out of all the nations. And that excluded the Gentiles. They were excluded from the covenant and the kingdom. And that meant that they were with, without hope and without God in the world. You see, before we became Christians, this was us. We had no hope, no real hope that could really sustain us through, through difficult times. And we were godless without God. And even though God had revealed himself plainly to the world, we suppress the truth and turn to other things rather than our maker and sustainer. You see, before becoming Christian, Gentiles had no promises to look forward to, no personal fellowship with God. We were far off, separate, excluded, foreigners without hope and without God. You see, this is who you once were in hostility with Jews in God. And while this is who we were, we see a wonderful but now in verse 13. And we see here what Christ has done. Look there from verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. What has Christ done? Well, through his blood, through his sacrificial death on the cross, Jesus brought Gentiles near. They were far off, separate, excluded, foreigners 
and yet he has brought us near in salvation. You see, when it comes to salvation, we often think individualistically. I believe I am saved. Jesus brought me. I was far away. He brought me close. It's about me and what I have come to believe. And while, while this is true, we do need to believe it on ourselves. It's actually so much more than that. We were actually saved together. We kind of get that as we continue reading Look there from verse 14. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in the flesh the law with its commands and regulations. We see in verse 14 that Jesus is our peace, Jews and Gentiles together, and he makes them one new group. And he does it, verse 14, by destroying the barrier and dividing wall of hostility. The dividing wall, he refers to a wall that, that surrounded the temple in Jerusalem. The temple was, was that special place where God dwelt among his people. And the wall communicated that the Gentiles were excluded from God and excluded from his people. In fact, there's this sign uh, that was found from that period about the temple wall. And it says this. No foreigner is to enter within the balustrade and forecourt around the sacred precinct. Whoever is caught will himself be responsible for his subsequent death. It was a dividing wall of hostility. Gentiles, keep out or you'll be killed. You see, we know about the separation that walls bring. Think of the, the Berlin Wall. The Great Wall of China trumps Mexican Wall, dividing walls of hostility. But you see, there was another barrier. We see that in verse 15, the law with its commands and regulations. As we spent that time in Leviticus, we saw, uh, which is the Jewish law, we saw that the law was good. But we're not bound to the law like the Jews were. But it was a barrier for the Gentiles. You see, like a ticket inspector or a bouncer who, who prevents you from entering because you haven't got the right ticket or the right shoes. You see, the law showed that the Gentiles did not belong. But Jesus sets aside that law. He invalidates it. He actually makes it powerless. He removes this as a barrier of the past to allow the Jews and Gentiles to come together. He destroys these barriers that once separated them because it's now not about those, those identities. It's actually now about faith, about trusting the Lord Jesus. So it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile anymore or whether you follow the law or not. It's actually about your faith in Christ. And so we see the purpose there in verse 15, to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Jesus, our peace, brings us who were far away, Chinese, Singaporean, Australian. He brings us together with the Jews and makes us a new humanity, a new creation of people at peace with each other, with the two become one. And this isn't some pop classic from the 90s about romance and candlelit dinners when two become one. No, 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 no. This is about bringing people who were hostile, divided, separate from each other and bringing them together with the barriers, walls, obstacles. They've been removed, banished, they're gone. 
You see, we're, we're united together as one. But you see, unity doesn't mean uniformity, as if we all need to be the same. We don't need to lose our cultural distinctiveness, as if Gentiles now need to become Jews and the like. No, no, no. We are different. But we come together despite our differences. And we don't let our differences define us. Rather, it's our faith. It's our trust in the Lord Jesus. That is what defines us. Because that is what unites us. We are united to become one because we have repented of our of our sin and we have believed and trusted in the Lord Jesus. You see, it's through Christ, who is our peace, that he has brought Jews and Gentiles together. We are reconciled. No more opposition and hostility or division, but together as one. But not only have we been reconciled together, We've also been reconciled together with God. See that verse 16? And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. Regardless of whether we're Jew or Gentile, we were hostile to God, by nature deserving wrath. But through Christ in the cross, well, we've been together, we've been reconciled to God through faith. And you see, this happens through preaching. Do you see that verse 17? He, that is Jesus, came and preached peace to you who were far away, that is Gentiles, and peace to those who were near, Jews. For through him we have access to, to the Father by one Spirit. We have access to the Father as we believe the gospel of peace preached by Jesus. Uh, I love sport, uh, and so being a Melbourne boy, I put my name down on the Melbourne Cricket Club, the the, the, the club of the MCG as, as a teenager. And the MCC is one of the most exclusive sports memberships in the world. There are over 200,000 people on the waiting list, and they reckon it'll take 40 years from when someone first puts their name on the waiting list to becoming a full member. It's a long time. It's, it's pretty exclusive. And as a member, I have access to everything the club offers, and, and I can bring a guest. And when a guest attends with me, they access everything. They can access the, the awesome library, beautiful views of the city. Not that anyone cares about that. People want access to the footy and the, and the cricket and the awesome seats in the house. And when I bring someone, uh, they have full access to those things too. But through Christ, we have full access to God together, not just to sport, but actually, and not just as a guest, but full access, full access to God, salvation, hope, life, peace, fellowship with him. And we have access to Jesus because we have access to him because Jesus first preached peace to us. You see, do you see that? Jesus is the great evangelist. He preached peace to the apostles and he continues to preach peace to the world through the apostles and he continues today through Christians. You see, as, as parents, friends, brothers and sisters, colleagues, neighbours, as we pluck up the courage to speak, 
to proclaim, to, to preach the gospel of, pre, uh, of peace to those around us. How do we find peace with God? Well, as we hear Jesus' message of peace and belief, as we repent and put our trust in him. And just like I can invite a friend to enjoy the MCG with me, uh, we can let people know the, the peace we have in Christ. We too have access to the Father. We can proclaim this and Christ to everyone so that they too can have the peace and access we have too. Well, what has Christ done? He has brought us reconciliation with each other and together with God. No longer hostility, no longer division between us and God. Welcome back. We've been reminded as Gentiles to remember who we were before Christ. We were separate, excluded. But what has Christ done? Well, he has reconciled us together and together he's reconciled us to God. Finally, we see what we've become. We're actually given three pictures of, of what we've become as Jews and Gentiles together. And first, uh, we are God's uh, people. Look there from verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. We saw back in verse 12, uh, excluded from citizenship, foreigners, strangers, alien, you did not belong. But now we're no longer homeless, no longer second-class citizens in someone else's land. We're now fellow citizens with God's people. We belong with those who put their trust in Jesus, both Jews and Gentiles together, belonging to the heavenly commonwealth that is ruled by God. Second thing we see is that, that we are God's Household. See that, 19? Members of his household. And, and it's more intimate language here, isn't it? We're part of God's family, Jews and Gentiles, together as children in the family. We've seen this earlier in chapter 1. Adopted as sons and daughters, together, part of God's family, his household. And finally, uh, uh, we're described as God's temple, verse 20. Have a look here. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is being joined together and rises and grows to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The temple had been the focal point of Israel's identity as God's people. The temple is where God dwelt among Israel. But now there's a new humanity, Jews and Gentiles together, the new people of God who get there through faith. And these people are bound by a geographical uh, location. People, in faith, people with faith in Christ, well, they're everywhere. Uh, but we see here that Jew and Gentile come together to form a holy temple in which God will dwell among us. You see, it's a picture of the church. You see, the church isn't a building. That building that we've hardly been in all year, it's a good shelter that keeps us warm and dry as we meet. You see, the church isn't the building, it is the people. The gathered people around God and his word. 
And like any building, the foundation's key to being uh, solid and stable. You see, when, when a building is built, a huge hole is dug so that a firm foundation and solid foundation can be laid before the building goes up. And it's no different with the church, for the temple, for the people of God. You see, our foundation is to see that the apostles and prophets. That's their instruction, their teaching. And it's, and it's the Old and New Testament, the scriptures, our Bible. This is our firm and solid foundation from which we are, are built up from. And Christ Jesus himself as our cornerstone. See that? The cornerstone was this critical part of the building. It was essential with the foundation. You see, it helped keep the building up and steady as the walls and up, the, the, uh, the chief cornerstone held everything together, firm in place. And Jesus holds the temple that's us together with the scriptures as the firm foundation. And it's with these that the Bible uh, and Christ that we're able to rise and grow as the temple of God in which God dwells among us. And as people come to faith, they're added to this temple. You see, this is incredible, isn't it? The, the Gentiles who were excluded, cast off, couldn't even approach the temple. Now, but now, we are stones that make up this temple. And God dwells within us, this holy temple with Jews and Gentiles together as one. It is incredible. And when it comes to this foundation, uh, the foundation can't be tampered with. You see, when a building's built, you can't just move and change and, and, and fix up the foundation. It, it, can't, it can't be done. And it's the same for us in our foundation of the scriptures. The scriptures can't be added to and they can't be subtracted from. You see, our foundation uh, and Christ is the cornerstone. These are the markers of our true unity in Christ. Our passage this morning has been all about unity reconciliation of, of bringing us together, Jews and Gentiles together. And the scriptures are what binds us together as the temple of God. And so we welcome anyone who will stand on this foundation. We welcome anyone uh, uh, in who will stand on this foundation. We can't be moved away from it. We can't step away from the Bible. You see, we are united with that as our foundation. It is where we find our unity. But you see, we don't find unity at all costs. You see, if someone claims to be a Christian, uh, they're teaching a foundation contrary to the Bible, we are not united to them. We can't be. They have a different foundation. And so if someone denies the divinity of Christ, denies the resurrection, or claims that, that God wants you to be rich now and healthy now, all these things which are contrary to God's word, we must distance ourselves from them. We can't move away from our sure, firm, solid foundation. And as we distance ourselves from these people, we can love them and seek to teach them the truth the foundation in his word in which we stand on. But we are to never to be taught by them. We, we shouldn't let their teaching persuade us because it is a different foundation. We are not 
we are not united with them. You see, we have become God's people. His household, God's holy temple through the work of Christ and the faith in which he has given us. You see, we are different from each other, aren't we? But our difference, it doesn't define us. Our mutual faith in Christ, that is what defines us and that is what brings us together. It reconciles us to each other and to God. And so we've got to hate and avoid cliques and avoid favourites within church. Sure, we'll have close friends, but we should never think they're in and they're out. We should never do that. We do that, we're bringing back that dividing wall of hostility among us. You see, it's why I love a multicultural church like ours. And the vision of, of our church, it's excellent, isn't it? That we would be a, a multicultural, multi-generational, a multilingual gospel-shaped community. That, that is that we are all different, but together in one place. Regardless of our age, gender, culture, so uh, uh, economic situation, or even our football team, we are one in Christ. We've heard the good news of peace, and we have believed, and so that makes us united in Christ. But this is going to take work, because naturally we want to divide. But thankfully, God dwells within us by his Spirit, making us more like Christ, who is the great proclaimer of peace, who is our peace. Well, let's pray, shall we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he has brought us who were far away and brought us near by the blood of Christ, as he preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near, that we are not only reconciled to each other, but reconciled to you, Father. We, we are so thankful for this. Father, do help us as, as the people who have been made a, a new humanity, a new creation, a new people. Help us uh, in our division uh, within each other to not let that uh, shape us and define us, but that our, the, that our uh, unity in Christ that our faith in the Lord Jesus, that that would define us and that would drive who we are. Father, please help us to live as this wonderful picture of a, of a new humanity together, Jews and Gentiles together, with you as our head. Help us with this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.